episode of the quack house podcast i'm your host honest joe and i'm excited for our topic today before i get into that you can get in touch with me or uh, let me tell you how you can get in touch with me you can email me at quackhouse at proton.me that's quackhouse at proton.me and uh let's I want to start today a little bit different before I jump right into the topics. I, I just felt like we should have a little uh, prayer. I should say a little prayer before we actually get started. So, dear God, thank you for all you have provided. Please forgive all of the short, all of my shortcomings. Please provide guidance on, your, on our path and discernment and wisdom on our journey in Jesus. Amen. Now, what I have to talk about today is sirens, banshees, um, music's influence, animals and uh, that use like infrasound, ultrasound, and vibrations, communication, whatnot, and got some Bible stories relating to music and praise, as well as uh, I have the Quack House question at the end. All right, so let's jump into it. First, first, let's uh, get into the uh, animals that use infra infrasound and ultrasound. A lot of people know that, you know, bats use echolocation uh, to navigate and to find prey. Um, it's actually pretty cool. There's actually this moth that develops a way to kind of maneuver around that and not be caught by the, the bats, which I thought was cool. Um, and then you have elephants. Uh, which are known to communicate from long distance using infras infrasound. You have uh, dolphins and whales. You know, every, um, you know, Finding Nemo kind of made that the, the whales like sound, uh, whatnot, <laughs> and famous. Um, at least for, for from when I grew up. <laughs> um, and you have like dolphins that also use infrared or not infrared, but infrasound. And uh, they'll use that to navigate, to locate prey, you know, the same thing that other 
other animals are using. Then you have spiders, which weave, weave a web, which we'll get into webs way at the end. But they, uh, when something gets stuck in their web, it vibrates, and that allows the spider to know uh, they have caught their prey. So you have just uh, you know these aren't all the animals. This is an exhaustive list. It's just uh, I just like to be pretty broad here, and you know they're tell about some animals that are actually using sounds that are uh, above and below the frequencies that humans can hear. I love to get into that unseen realm, or the I guess this would be unheard realm. So let's go into something a little bit more mythical, and that's we'll start with sirens. Now I'm not talking the whoop 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 whoop. You're getting pulled over, sirens. I'm talking about the sirens uh, from like the Odyssey. If you're not familiar, uh, familiar with that story of Odysseus, uh, there's a part where Odysseus tells his crew they're on a ship in the ocean. He tells his crew to say. To put uh, beeswax in their ears so they so their ears are plugged, you can't hear the sirens. And he tells them to tie him to the mast. And he does all this to so uh, because the sirens they they have an enchanting voice. Uh, uh, I'll just stop with the story right there. I'll pause with the story for a moment and to say that they, these their sirens are like. These beautiful women, but there's a little twist because they are also like they have like bird bodies with wings and talons and whatnot, and they have these enchanting, beautiful voices that make you want to basically go see them. And typically, they live in areas um, along the coast that are really rocky or in cliffs, and that would basically bring you to your doom <laughs> if you you know if you follow the voice or the song so Odysseus had his men tie him to the mast so he couldn't steer the ship towards them but uh, I guess he still wanted to hear what they said or how they how they sounded or some uh, I'm not entirely sure the exact reason why he he didn't just plug his ears with uh, with the beeswax as well. Maybe they ran out of beeswax, or maybe uh, he was just curious of what that beautiful sound was. Uh, either way, it's also said that uh, if, if someone got away after hearing their enchanting songs, that the sirens would, act, would be the ones to plunge themselves to basically their own death. So... Uh, in that case, you know, you have this beautiful enchanting sound that makes you want to, or it, it puts you in an emotional state that makes you uncomprehend danger. So, I mean, I find that, so I find that a little interesting. Uh, and then we have, we'll get into the next mythical creature called Banshees, and these... Uh, they're known for their their wailing, and they're they're from like a, a Irish folklore mostly. Uh, they're they're known as like female spirit spirits or fairies. 
they they're they come from the name Bean C. I probably really butchered that name, uh, but it basically meant woman of the fairy mound. And these were typically either they're described as either beautiful women with long flowing hair, or they could look more like creepy old women, but with like a dress billowing, uh, flowing in the wind. That's one co common thing is all, all descriptions. They might've been a little different, but they all had the same thing about their hair and dress would basically sway in the wind, which to me, that's like the oscillation of, of sound. And then you'd hear them wailing. Typically they're found near water. And when you hear their wailing, it basically is like uh, impending doom. Like, hey, you are about to, you know, you're about to die or, so, or something bad's about to happen to you if you hear them. And it's not necessarily the case that they would be the ones to do it, but not, nonetheless, you're in danger when, when you hear that wailing. And just... And uh, just hearing the wailing, uh, that makes me think uh, of the wailing wall in Israel. Just because, you know, you hear the same, it's the same word, whale. So, <laughs> oh, actually, whale. I just talked covered animal whales, too. Huh, that's interesting. I didn't even think of that while I was putting this together. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll let you all do some research on that on your own. So... Uh, that's basically what I got on uh, sirens and banshees. Um, they're so with modern music. So we all know music can kind of have an effect on your mood. I I used to, you know, a lot of people use like Pandora and other music platforms. I I really like this. Or used to go to this one called Eight Tracks, and reason why I loved it so much is you're able to search songs and playlists based on the mood that you were in or wanted to be in I guess and I thought that was the coolest thing because I always realized like hey, certain songs would put you in different moods and whatnot so I find that pretty interesting and what's also very interesting is let's just go into someone very popular Rihanna now, there's this story I, I came across where this priest in 2016 named Gerald Johnson apparently died for a little bit, and he was, he was eventually revived, but he said he went to hell. A priest going to hell, that's kind of... Uh, anyway, um, he claims to have gone to hell, and what he saw, he described what he saw and what he heard, and he described basically hearing uh, Rihanna's umbrella. Uh, demons were like singing it to essentially, uh, I guess, just torment the, the souls there. And he's basically quoted as saying, every lyric to every song is to torment you for the fact you didn't worship God through music when you were on earth. You chose to worship Satan by repeating the lyrics that he inspired to come to earth. 
So I find that a little interesting. Just, just because we'll get into the how uh, songs are used for praise in a, in a moment. Right now, I want to go back to Rihanna and one of her songs called What's My Name. Now, uh, that's a pretty big one. Pretty popular. She, some uh, lyrics from it. I, uh, let's see. It's a, uh, but it goes like, oh, nah, nah. And that's basically like a, a demon's name. So it's like, oh, nah, nah, what's my name? And it's like, okay, so what? It's almost, since it's repetitious, it's almost like summoning demons or this specific demon. And now, so, now so, um, other lyrics are like, good weed, white wine, I come alive in the nighttime. Now, so good weed, uh, you know, the good weed, white wine, that's, that stuff lowers your frequencies. And then coming alive at nighttime, you know, you know, you, people have probably heard of witching hour and whatnot. So that's a time when typically like spirits or demons are more prone to come out. Okay, okay, away we go. Only thing we have on is the radio. Now, find that interesting just because radio, well, how does it do it? It does different frequencies. So it's like you have this thing that's lowering your frequencies and it's talking about this other aspect of frequencies while coming alive at night. Uh, I'm not going to break down the whole song, but that's just a little snippet of it. Now let me get into uh, some of the Bible stories, which basically talk about using song to praise. And first one we have is in Exodus 15. I'm not going to read the entire chapter, just uh, highlights of it. So it starts out with, then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to God and spoke, saying, I sing to God, for he is highly exalted. The horse, the horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and song, and he has become my deliverance. He is my El, and I praise him. Elohim of my father, and I exalt him. Uh, and for just a little reference this is you know exodus so this is basically right after they crossed the red sea that they're singing uh god's praise and eventually aaron's sister miriam basically leads the women in song uh let's see you go to chapter 15 verse 21 and miriam answers them sing to yah uh to god for he is highly exalted horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea so you can see how they, they were so excited and so happy to be delivered out of egypt that they were just singing god's praises and you know that's what really we got to do uh, no matter our situation remember just to always sing his praise then in oh, one samuel Chapter 16, verses 14 through 23, you have Saul. This is, for context, this is Saul and uh, basically asking for King David. Well, it's King, uh, he's not King David yet, but ask for David so he can 
play his liar and read him of evil spirits. Uh, I and the spirit of God turned aside from Saul, an evil spirit from God troubled him. And the servants of Saul said to him, Look now, an evil spirit from Elohim is troubling you. Please let our master command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skilled player on the lyre, and it shall be that when the evil spirit from Elohim is upon you, he shall play with his hand, and you will be well. And Saul said to his servants, Please get me a man that plays well, and bring him to me. And one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen a son of Jesse, who knows how to play a brave one, and a man of battle, and skilled in words, and a handsome man, and God is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat and sent them by his son David to Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. Saul, therefore, went to Jesse, saying, Please let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my eyes. And it came to be, whatever the evil spirit from Elohim was upon Saul, or I mean, whenever the evil spirit from Elohim was on, upon Saul, that David would take a lyre and play it with his hand. And Saul become refreshed and well and the evil, evil spirit would leave so we have in that you basically just have david be able to get rid of evil spirits negative moods whatever is troubling saul and uplift him with the lyre being able to just essentially raise his frequencies with the vibrations of the lyre now we'll turn to Acts, chapter 16, verses 25 and 26. This is about, this is about Paul and Silas. And at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing songs to Elohim, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly a great earthquake shook. And took, um, and suddenly a great earthquake took place so that the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and all the chains, chains came loose. Hmm, that's pretty cool. So they're singing songs and praying to God, and God said, You're free. Go. <laughs> no shackles. You're free. I like that. And I also uh, am reminded about a story about Nikola Tesla. Um, essentially having, uh, when he was in New York doing an experiment, he caused, uh, essentially an earthquake to happen with this frequency, this, uh, this device that generated a frequency and it, you know, it created an earthquake. So that's, that's interesting. I'm curious if they were you know, praying and singing if they somehow had access to to some type of technology that allowed them, allowed that to happen with the earthquake, but it really reads like it's divine in intervention and that's what I'm gonna go ahead and what, say that it is that God just wanted them free 
because they were. Oh God, has his roots. <laughs> All right. So there's uh, so that's some of the just some of the stories. And there's several more in there where it's talk about praise and song. And I mean, there's there's psalms, which is all poetry and songs devoted to God. Uh, there, there's the Song of Solomon. You know, there, there's a lot of songs uh, and praise, and that that's essentially all religions. Every every church I've ever been to always has some singing involved and it's just a way to essentially raise your frequency up and try to get closer to god and it, at times it really does feel feel very magical and spiritual like in closeness with god that that can't happen without it without music music is very powerful and it's it's actually very interesting that you know music it, it's been used can be used so much in so many different aspects um we've talked about how it can kind of elevate your mood it can also lower your mood uh listen to negative down music with you know just negative lyrics to send the neurotransmitters and create a, just a could overstimulate and just cause chaos and panic and anxiety or it can cause that relief that you need. The excitement and joy, it's it's quite incredible the power that music actually has. Now let's get back into the web. This doesn't really have it much to do with music, but it does have to do with uh, I think it's still very important and it, uh, Although it's a little off topic, I still think it still fits. So we have something known, well, how, how you're getting this is essentially what the internet, which is also known www, which is what every, you know, a lot of people know www, that's 666 or numerology, but also www is short for World Wide Web. Okay. Well, internet, World Wide Web, what are webs and nets used for? Isn't it for catching people? Let's dive into the etymology of these words. First, we have internet. Now, let's, I'm going to start with uh, net. So, essentially, a net would be an open textile, fabric woven, if it's uh, a fabric woven for catching something. Now, if you're using it as like a figurative speaking, it means like a moral or mental snare or trap. The Proto-Indo-European is Ned. I, I think that's how you'd pronounce it. And it basically means to bend or tie. Now, enter is essentially just enter. And enter is, the Latin is inter, which meant to go into, among, or between. And inter basically meant bury in the earth. Latin from interia, 
put in Earth, and the Proto-Indo-European would be hers to dry. So, enter and enter are essentially the same thing. So, isn't that interesting? They they call it the internet. Essentially, hey, enter the net. And I know that it's essentially internet is actually short for internet work. So let's look at the etymology of work. The Old English would be werork, which basically meant something done or a discrete act performed. Physical labor or toil. Okay. Now let's get to World Wide Web. We'll, just, we'll start with web. The Old English would be Web, which is a woven fabric or tapestry. Proto-Indo-European would be Yubaha, I think. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it. And it basically just meant to weave. Okay. Then uh, worldwide, extending through the whole of. Okay. So let's put that, you know, worldwide web, internet. And from my understanding, it essentially means catching the whole world entering the mental trap or catching the whole world entering the trap. So that's really where I'm going to leave it off. Is the internet a trap? Was it all a trap? I was listening to podcast earlier the confessionals and he had Juan from the one-on-one podcast and he he was talking about essentially how they could make like with voodoo dolls you would take like a piece of the person like a hair or or something from the person and you're able to use voodoo on it all this data they're creating a, a digital you. So are they, so he raised the question, are they trying to do the same thing like digitally? Same thing as like voodoo dolls, but the digital version, which I, which really made me, made me think I need to stop sharing my data. <laughs> but anyway, that's my question. Is the internet a trap? Are they creating voodoo dolls of us? With that, thank you for listening. Have a good one, y'all. Peace.